Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. As the choir is making their way down, I'd like for you to open your Bible or turn it on, however you're receiving the word today, to the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth. Today we're going to be learning uh, from one of the great women of faith in the Word of God. In fact, we're going to spend the next four weeks looking at her very powerful life. And uh, we're starting a series titled uh, uh, Ruth, A Life of Faithfulness and a Legacy of Fruitfulness. A life of faithfulness and a legacy of fruitfulness. I want to encourage everyone here to take the time this week to read the entire book of Ruth. It's only four chapters. Brothers and Teen Challenge, there's so much to learn from the book of Ruth. It is so powerful. And, uh, and in it, it, it reveals how to become a fruitful person. How many want to be fruitful? Amen. And so uh, this is such a, a very powerful book, and it, it actually zeroes in on a, what I would call is a, a rare quality, a, a special quality, and you see it put into practice in her life. And this quality is the key to, um, to having favor with God and man, and that quality uh, that I'm speaking about is the quality of faithfulness. What stands out about her life is that she was an amazingly faithful woman of God. And I think it really honors Mother's Day because how many know mothers, the chief mark of a mom is faithfulness. Amen. So before we actually read that, I want to I put up a proverb that we should all memorize. This is a powerful piece of wisdom that we get from the Lord. And then as you look at this powerful piece of wisdom, you're going to see it uh, put into practice by, woman, by Ruth, the, uh, a great woman of faith. So the Bible says, let love and faithfulness, everyone say faithfulness, never leave you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Let love and faith, never let it leave, let love and faithfulness leave you. As, as, uh, as the people of God, this should be burned on our hearts. How many know we live in a faithless world? But we are called to be faithful people. Amen? It's very, very important. And let me give you real quickly the definitions of, of love and faithfulness to really uh, wrap these two um, principles together. Because the Lord couples them together. Faithfulness means firmness, trustworthiness, dependability, uh, dependability reliability. It's a love means loyal love. It's an unfailing kind of love, kindness and goodness. 
It's often used to describe God's love. These are two very powerful qualities that the Lord says, if you put this on your heart, if you write it on your heart, then you'll always have favor with God and man. And what we're going to see is this actually unfold in the life of a woman who was really going through some difficult times. But here's the key, guys. This is a very important thing for everyone to understand, and then we're going to read the text. Okay? When we're faithful to God, he makes us fruitful. Okay? This is the theme of this book, that when we're faithful to God, God makes us fruitful. And, and, and we can be fruitful, but, not, but, but we don't go the route of the world. We take, we take a different route as followers of Christ. We, we, we go a different way. We, we march to the beat of a different drum. We see all of life with different eyes. And we trust that when we're faithful to God, God is able to make us fruitful. One more quick quote before we read this text. And I just make two quick points. Look at this. Look at what someone said. I think that this is so uh, powerful. No, this is not it. There it is. Listen to this. It's easier to accept your limits if you have a biblical view of success. The world defines success in terms of what a person possesses, controls, or accomplishes. God defines success in terms of faithful obedience to his will. The world asks, what results have you achieved? God asks, were you faithful to my ways? Were you faithful to my ways? How many know when we stand before God... What we really want to hear is, well done, my help me, good and faithful servant. Amen. So let's read. We're going to read the first 18 verses of, uh, of uh, Ruth chapter 1. This is part of the time of the book of Judges. Before we read, look up here for one more moment. This is part of the time of the book of Judges. And this is God taking that whole period and zeroing in on one person. Ruth is one of the shining lights in a very dark time because the book of Judges was a time that was characterized by something very negative, which was this. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Not what was right in God's eyes, but what was right in their own eyes. And it was one of the worst, it was the worst period in the history of Israel up until that point. But here is Ruth, an amazing woman who didn't even start out as a, she was a Moabite. Uh, so she was a foreigner who really had no business being part of the kingdom of God and the nation of Israel. But how many are thankful that God's arms are wide open? And that's what you see in this passage. So let's read, beginning with verse 1. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon 
and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to Moab and lived there. Now Limelech, Naomi's husband, died and she was left with two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah, the other Ruth. After they had, had lived there about ten years, both Malon and Kilion also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. Naomi, when Naomi heard uh, in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughter-in-laws prepared to return home from there. With her two daughter-in-laws, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Uh, uh, return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? Now look at me for a moment because this is important. The context of this is that in the, in the, the, the Jewish culture at that time, if a man married a woman and then he passed away, his brother was, if he had a brother, his brother was supposed to marry her to keep the line going. In the Old Testament, uh, God allowed more than one wife. That has been changed in the New Testament. But, but in order to maintain the line, so when she, she was saying to them, listen, there's no hope for me to provide someone else to look after you. You've got, you're on your own is what she was basically saying. You came under the umbrella and the covering of this family, but now you're on your own. So why would you remain unmarried for them? Let's keep going. No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. So Naomi, who was a woman of faith, a woman of God, she's actually become discouraged because of what happened to her. Her, her heart has been broken by all of the hardship and the, and the difficulty. And it says, at this they wept aloud, then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. But Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. Now stop right here. Don't, don't turn this. It's important also to understand the rabbis of the first century uh, uh, talked about the, the, the test when someone was being converted. You kind of tried to discourage them three times. And it was based off of this passage of Scripture. 
Because they wanted to make sure that if someone wanted to convert to follow Yahweh, the God of the Jews, the God of the Israelites, they wanted to make sure. And so they would discourage them. This became a pattern where they would discourage someone who, who wanted to convert three times. But part of what you see here and part of what's going to unfold in a moment is that Ruth had a revelation that would not stop her from clinging to the Most High God. Even in the midst of famine, even in the midst of loss, Something powerful happened in her spirit and in her heart that she was, she was relentless. She would not let her go. Let's keep going now. It says, but Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people, uh, uh, your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord, using their word for God, may the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even, in, if even death separates you and me. And when Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The title of the message today is faithful to God and man. Look at me for a moment and we're going to pray. There's something powerful about being faithful to God and faithful to the people that he's called you to be faithful to. There's an amazing blessing that comes. We have all sorts of ideas about success and getting ahead and all of the above. But let love and faithfulness never leave you. So I want to pray that God would help us to learn the first lesson uh, that jumps out at us from the life of Ruth about being faithful to God and man. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day in your presence. Indeed, Lord, you are wonderful. And Father, we thank you for this Mother's Day and we thank you for all of the mothers who are a shining example of faithfulness to God and man. Faithfulness, Lord, not only to you but to children, O oh God, and to families, O oh Lord. And God, I pray, Father, that that would spill out to all of us today and that you would burn something strong and put that firmness in our hearts, put that loyalty in our hearts. This is not a loyal world, but we want to be a loyal people. So bless this time, O oh God, by your spirit, by your power, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Ruth was a very special woman. And the truth of the matter is, is that she had a special revelation that made her faithful. Now, faithfulness has not become, faithfulness is not really part of our culture. This is, this is the, the age of options. This is the age where you have so many things to pick, and there are so many, there are so many things that are available. The average young person between 20 and 30 can have like a dozen jobs. 
because people jump from job to job, the concept of faithfulness. You don't hear people saying anymore, yes, so-and-so worked for 25 years. That is a rare thing. And it's because in general, we don't have a heart to be faithful. And the reason why I'm setting this up this way is because we are in this world, but we are not of this world. You see, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We're living for a city whose builder and architect is God. And so we want to be faithful. We want to be different. We're going to take the next few moments to look at what was it that made Ruth, right, who was uh, from Moab, what was it that made Ruth faithful? Well, number one, Ruth understood the kindness of God. Ruth understood the kindness of God. Ruth said, don't persuade me to leave you or go back and not follow you. And she went on, wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. And she says, and your God will be my God. Now, what's really powerful about this is when you understand the context is Ruth grew up in Moab. The God of Moab, his name was Chemosh. Is that right? Close. Okay, and this God was a vicious God. She grew up in a culture where the priest had sovereign authority and, and, and uh, there was a statue of this God and, and the way they built this idol was that he would sit and his hands were here and there were different ways that they would appease this God, Chemosh. And one of the things that they would do is on occasion the priest, the high priest of the temple would go in the neighborhoods and through the houses and he would pick the firstborn son of a family and he would say, this firstborn son has to be sacrificed to appease this God. And his word was final. And so it didn't matter. He said, you, you go, you're, take that boy. And they would take him. Imagine somebody showing up in your door, taking your son and say, he's got to be sacrificed. And then Ruth, as a little girl, was probably terrified as well because in, they believed that, that the way to make the land fertile is for prostitution to take place in the temples. And so they would, the priests were able to pick a girl out of a home and say, you too will be dedicated to the temple and you will become a temple prostitute. And so Ruth grew up seeing, seeing that's the way God is. You see, that's all there is. That's the way God is. A lot of us grow up with a certain understanding of God. A lot of us grow up thinking this is the best. You know, money is the best, or drugs are the best, or pleasure is the best, and, and those are the gods we serve because that's what was offered to us. You see, but in the end, in the end, when you don't serve the true and the living God, those gods are destructive gods. The price that we pay when we serve the false gods are destruction and emptiness and discouragement and darkness. How many would say amen with me? The false gods, they don't give us anything. You see, 
But when Ruth came in to this family, you see, when she came into this family, and she was like, your God is the God that delivered the Israelites from Pharaoh in Egypt, right? Tell me about it. And she said, even in our area, your God is the God of Gideon, isn't it? Gideon with 300 men, he took all of these people down. Your God is the God of Samson. How did Samson pull the gates? How did Samson kill a thousand men? How did that happen? And they would say, because the Spirit of God comes upon people. Our God is different. And wait a second, does your God cause you to, to kill your children for, for his sake? Does your God call you to sacrifice? And is he mean like that? And they said, no, he's, he's long-suffering. He's loving and kind. He's merciful. Hallelujah. He allows us to bring lambs to him, and he takes their blood in our place. He tells us to take an animal and to love on the animal and then offer it up to him. And because we offer up lambs, our God is merciful to a thousand generations. You see? And part of, you know what, this is subtle. But listen, we're talking about spiritual living now. Okay? This is spiritual food I'm talking about. This is the stuff that makes people strong and grow. You see, sometimes we can forget how good God is. But how many would agree with me today? There's no God like our God. Our God is a good God. Our God is an awesome God. Could we put our hands together? Hallelujah, Lord. Blessed be your name, O oh God. Blessed be your name. See, she realized, she compared one God with the other, and she realized the God of the Hebrews is such a good God. He's such an amazing God. Yes, I lost my husband. Yes, there's a famine. But I look back, he delivered them over and over. Whenever these people cry out to their God, God rises up. He raises someone up and he delivers them. If they don't cry out when they turn away, then he backs away. But anytime they reach out to God, he's so faithful. He's so wonderful. I'll never turn back from this God. Hallelujah. You see, and part of the reason we walk in the church and we, we praise God, you know, part of the reason why we sing to him, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. You see, I want to encourage some of you, you need to cross a line. Because our God really is wonderful. Our God is worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. You see, our God is so good and so kind. Is this life perfect? No. Was Naomi's life perfect? No. But she recognized that no matter what is out there, God is infinitely better. And in the end, he blesses us with real blessings. The end of it is not shallow and empty. The end of it is rich and good. The will of God is good, pleasing, and perfect. You know, it reminds me of uh, 
of that old song that, that we used to sing. God is so good. How many know that song? Can I see your hands? Wow. Put your hands down. How many don't know that song? Let me see your hands. Some people, do you know it or do you not know it? Was not a trick question. Let's sing it. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to Lift your hands to him. Come on, let's be like Ruth. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to Hallelujah. 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 He's so wonderful. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. She, she understood the goodness of God. Part of the reason that people stop being faithful to God is they forget how good God is. You see? Have you forgotten how good God is? Have you allowed your life to be the sum total of this day and what's in front of you right now? Always remember this. When you're faithful to him, nothing will stop you from being fruitful for his glory. You see? Said, but look at her life. She lost her husband. She lost her father-in-law. She's in a foreign land. She's all of that. But you know what? We lift up our eyes unto the hills. Where does our come, help come from? Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, the journey, the journey to fruitfulness begins with faithfulness. And she was a, an amazing woman because she said, this God is a good God. Always remember, always remember when you're tempted to grumble, okay, that if you take a look back, okay, if you take a look back, you'll see the mercy and the kindness and the love of God. And how many know that if he was faithful in the past, he will be faithful in the future? <laughs> Hallelujah. What the Lord many times is really trying to do is he's really trying to teach us faithfulness. Look at what J.B. Phillips uh, uh, said. I, I, I wanted to read this actually before, but, but I want to get this in today. Look. Ruth discovered a world of truth 
of which she had never dreamed. She learned about a true and living God, a kind God, a pure and holy God, a God holy unlike the dreadful, lustful, and savage gods of her people. You see, and you can worship a person, you can worship pleasure, you can worship, you can worship money, you can worship power. How many know in the end those gods will let you down? There's only one God who is a kind and loving and benevolent God. And can I tell you, okay, the switch. You ever think about someone's life? Now move on, but you ever think about someone's life? What is the turn? Okay, we don't want to focus too much on the guys from Teen Challenge, but you know what the turn is? The turn is when you recognize that on your worst day, he loves you with an everlasting love. And on your worst day, he's pursuing you. But it's for all of us. We need a fresh revelation of the fact that our God is a good God. And can I tell you something? What a tragic thing it would be to know that you have a good God and to not honor him and live for him faithfully. And that's why we should sing, God is so good. He's so good. He's so faithful. The faithfulness of God is found in his son, Jesus Christ. If you ever wonder how much God loves you, just look to the cross. He loved you enough to offer his one and only son. He was the one that was sacrificed so that we could be set free and so that we could be blessed and so even when we mess up, we could be forgiven. Oh, God is so good. He's so good to me. Amen. Come on, let's praise him one more time. Hallelujah. The second thing that Ruth did was Ruth sold out, if the musicians could come, Ruth sold out to the supremacy of God. Ruth sold out to the, uh, to the supremacy of God. Again, Ruth said, listen, don't persuade me to leave you. I'm not going to go back. Uh, 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 I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. By the way, when we do weddings here, we read this. We have the woman recite this in the vows. Where she, we have the woman say, wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. We're talking about the fidelity of a bride to a husband, and we are the bride of Christ. We are the bride of Christ, and we are saying we trust you, and we love you, God, and we know that you're going to take care of us. And look at what she says. She says, your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. There I will be buried. And then she says, may the Lord. Everyone say Lord. See, this was it. When she said Lord, she was saying, I have a new king. I have a new master. I have a new savior. In her heart, you're going to see how this story unfolds, but this is just the introduction. This is the framing thought, but this is so powerful. If you miss this, you miss everything. You see, God doesn't want you and I to 
go to church and to have a, this kind of shallow, heady relationship with God. A relationship of ob- obligation, of relation, a relationship of tradition. Well, we go to church and it's good for the kids to have faith. No, we're talking about God being, Jesus being our Lord, our master, and our king. She looked at their life and she said, she said, wait a second. I'm going to choose your God and follow your God because he's not only kind, but he's also a powerful deliverer. He's a good God. He's a kind God. But when I look at your history, what I see is a God of power. I see a God that even though things get bad and things get empty, this God is able to stretch out his hand from heaven and do something absolutely miraculous. How many believe that no matter where you are today, we serve a God who is a mighty deliverer and he still delivers people in 2017? Hallelujah. He's a deliverer. Our God breaks the back of our enemies. He shatters their spears. The things that are coming at us today, we can believe our God is the supreme God. He's the supreme power. And we can look at our problems and our hardships and our difficulties and say, look, Lord, this is not exactly the best day in the world. This is not exactly the best day in the world. But Lord, you are by far the greatest king. You are the king of kings. You are the Lord of lords. There is none like you, O God. Faithfulness means that you're full of faith even when you can't see with your physical eyes. See, again, we've been talking about faith over and over and over again. Faithfulness means that you declare that God is Lord and supreme even when it doesn't seem like it. See, because in the course of time, the way God has allowed life to go is he allows things to happen. And the Bible says that the trials that we go through and the hardships that we go through They're basically just to refine our faith, which is more precious than pure gold to God. But in the end, how many know he's faithful? He's faithful and he comes through by his mighty power. Do you believe today that God is going to come through for your life? Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm going to close in a minute, but you know, someone told me... um, that uh, when a minister said, you know, ministry is like a two-way street. And it's a lot like life. So many times on one day when we hear a miracle, at the same time we're not finished hearing the miracle, we're, we also hear a bit of a tragedy. Happens all the time. Haven't you found that some days this is going great and then this is going not so, get, so great? Anybody have a day like that? You're like, Lord, I'm dizzy. God's faithfulness is not determined by a daily circumstance. What we know is that God is good all the time. 
and all the time, God is good. And here's what I want you to consider, and then we're going to close in a minute. All right? What I want you to consider is that if that famine didn't come, and if that, if they didn't move to Moab, then Ruth wouldn't have come into the kingdom. Great woman of God. You're going to see at the end of the book when you read it, all four chapters. Right? Do your homework. And uh, what you're going to see is that Ruth actually, a, a woman who was a, from Moab, she was brought in and she was the great grandmother of King David. And then she was part of the line of Christ. And you know what? Their famine became her salvation. Why do we go through stuff? It's not because God is not supreme, but it's because God wants to use your hardship and your suffering to bring someone else in. God has all kinds of unique stops, but how many know our hardship is, is not wasted? A lot of times you go through difficult things, you go, why, Lord? But there is a why. There is a why. We don't understand why. But when you don't understand why, you still have to say, but God, you are the supreme deliverer. Come on, let's praise him. He's the supreme deliverer. Father, we thank you for your loving kindness. Your loving kindness is better than life itself. God, we declare your supremacy and your lordship. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We choose today to put our trust in you, to put our hope in you. We rebuke Oh God, every voice that would say that God is not good and God is not powerful. In the name of Jesus, get thee behind us, Satan, in Jesus' name. And God, we pray, especially for those who find themselves in famine, who find themselves in hardship and loss. God, May they feel your favor and blessing even now. May they feel your nearness and may faith rise deep in their heart. May they feel your hand. God, take their hand today by your mighty power. And let them hold on to you until, Lord, you make them fruitful once again. And so, God, we thank you for making our brothers, our sisters to the left, to the right, the front and the back. Pray right now, thank you for making them fruitful. We declare that they will be fruitful for your glory, for your honor, so that you would be praised, oh God. They will be fruitful, their lives will be fruitful. They will be mighty oaks of righteousness. They will bear fruit in season, their leaf will not wither. thank you. Now send them out 
reveal your love and faithfulness. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen. Come on, let's praise him one more time. Hallelujah.